So today I'm going to continue in the series, Be Vigilant. Last week was part one of Be Vigilant. Just a brief recap of some of the things I talked about. And I said that there are different groups and beliefs, causes, conspiracy theories. uh, That's been, you know, the list is endless of things that are, are happening on the earth. And I said, this is the best of times and the worst of times. The best of times because the truth can be told and disseminated very quickly. It's very easy to uh, for people to have a platform to say whatever they want to say. And uh, there's uh, now a lot of strife and confusion, uh, which is dangerous. And it's dangerous because there is a lot of misinformation, lies, uh, so forth, things that um, cause a problem for people. The danger is a large majority of people who will not even seek the truth, will not even try to verify what they see and what they hear, and uh, weigh the information for themselves. People believe what is told to them and believe based on their own biases and selfishness. Most people don't take the time to sift through all the information, process it, wait, think for themselves, and don't even judge a source them itself for what they have deemed as the information. Don't judge a source to see if the information is really reliable or not. Um, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you cannot be lazy. You have to, you know, the word of God tells us to study the word, get to know Christ, and to get to know him through the word of God. And that takes time. You've got to read, you've got to meditate, you've got to study. I know many believers are lazy. They don't take the time to do that, these things. To do, you know, so you need to be able to do your homework, to verify the spirits, to try the spirits, to verify the information that you're hearing and that you're disseminating. Make sure that what you're perpetuating or what you're disseminating is accurate. Now, the Lord Jesus continues to show himself to be who he said he was. Now, over 2,000 years ago, he, he, he ascended to the Father. He died. And the scriptures that have been recorded of things that he said and done, and also things that have been recorded by the Spirit through the apostles, over time, as we see historically, have proven to be true because what they have told us, they t- Jesus told us ahead of time what was going to happen. And as time unfolds, as history goes, we see the things he said are actually happening. So we can we can say that uh, so far Jesus's track record has been pretty good. That what he said has actually is actually happening. So that is very important that we understand that that word that we read in the scriptures is truthful, and that we could trust God's word. So I'm going to start today. Uh, I'm just going to continue Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read the scriptures again. You don't have to turn there. But these are the scriptures that I covered last time. Verse 13. It says here, But even men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. So last week I spent the time on verse 13, which is even men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
And today I'll spend a little more time on that. And then next week I'll move to verse 14. So last week I touched upon, um, I defined uh, what evil men and imposters or seducers and what deceiving and being deceived. I define these things so we understand the context of what we are, what we are hearing. And I said a seducer is a person who entices someone to do or believe something inadvisable or foolhardy. An imposter is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. So we see examples of that now where people will uh, send emails or call on your phone, call you, and misrepresent who they are, trying to deceive people to get their money. That's an imposter. Imposter, that's a seducer. And the Bible definition for deceiving and deceive, it means to go astray or seduce someone in a belief or a course of action that's inadvisable. And also the, the word um, to deceit and to deceive, it's the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. It's to cause someone to accept a truth as valid what is false. So they are caused a person, a person who is deceived, believes a lie and accept that lie as the truth. That's what it means to be deceived. Or, okay? So we are seeing more and more evil acts and evil people, imposters, seducers, liars, and deceptors, deception. And I talked about the parable of the tears last week in Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus was explaining, talked about that parable, and then the, he explained to the disciples what that meant. And we understand from that parable that the world is the field, uh, and in the world there are sons of the kingdom and sons of the wicked one. So currently this earth that we are living on is a mixture. There are sons of the wicked, evil one, and sons of, of the kingdom. And this is will be the way it, they will multiply, and this will be the way until Jesus returns. So what I want to do today, I want to start in Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. So could you please turn to Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to focus a little more on not so much about the church and the imposters in the church, but the imposters now in the world. So if you turn to Second Timothy in your Bibles, chapter 3. We'll read verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such, people turn away. So just a couple of things there that I wanted to point out. So it says here, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous 
means times of stress. It means times of stress. And that time, times of stress, um, you know, it's going to be more and more stressful for people as we get closer and closer to the end before Jesus returns. And understand, it says here that perilous times does not care about you know, who you are. Perilous times is going to affect everyone. The question and the important thing is how do we respond to times of stress? How does the child of God respond to times of stress? Do we freak out? Do, are we fearful? Are we anxious? Or are we at peace? Okay, so the Bible told us that stressful times will come. And it says in verse 2, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Now, what is interesting in verse 3, it says they'll be unloving and unforgiving. Now, unforgiving there means, the other word is irreconcilable. And all that word uh, unforgiving means or irreconcilable, all it means is idea, facts, or statements representing findings or points of view that are so different from each other, they cannot be made compatible. So when people say that they're divorcing for irreconcilable differences, is that both people have taken a stand where they're not willing to give ground. They're not willing to give ground. So it's saying here in the last days, men will be unforgiving. They will take stands or take a stand in which they'll not be willing to compromise. So in that way, there is division and permanent division, which of course we know a house divided cannot stand. That's why there's divorce for irreconcilable differences because people do not want to give ground. So they say that a lot, that will happen a lot. Men will be unforgiving, unholy, unloving, slanderers. Slanderer is a person who make false statements about a person's character. And then in that term, because of those false statements, they damage the reputation of that person. So that happens a lot. We've seen that a lot also. So once a cat's out of the bag, it's out for the person who has been slandered to prove that what was said about them is not true. But the cat's already out of the bag. And it's very difficult for a person who has been slandered to prove that what was already said about them is not true. But that's a tactic of seducers and imposters and deceivers. They slander somebody. So that word is already out of the is already out of their mouth. And people who receive it, who hear it, it's very difficult unless there's absolute proof for that person to disprove what was said about them. So we've seen that a lot. People without self-control. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, people full of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It says, turn away from these people. So, perilous times because there is no distinction. It's going to affect everyone globally. And we've seen it. This a good example was this coronavirus. And another example is. Uh, the economy, the world global economy. Another thing, if you look at my 401k has taken a big hit. People's security are, are being threatened. 
So these are perilous times. Perilous times because people will be unforgiving. People won't want to give ground. People only focus on what is best for themselves and only promote their own self-interest. And these people will do anything to have their own way at the cost of others. And that is very scary. You know, if you look at, for example, you look at, uh, you know, what's happening. I'm only going to talk about the U.S., but if you look at what's happening in this country, I mean, Congress can't get along. You know, everyone is taking a stand. And the people of this country are the ones who are going to suffer. They are the ones who are supposed to be passing laws and doing things that's supposed to benefit the citizens of the country. They're the ones who have been put in office by the citizens of their state. But everyone is so dug in their heels and their position and and their beliefs, they're not willing to give ground. And the people who are going to suffer are the constituents. The people of this country are the ones who are gonna pay the price. And that's not only happening here, that's happening all over. You know, perilous times because the powerful will more and more exploit and discard the weak. The powerful will more and more exploit and discard the weak. Perilous because the weak will also be self-centered and divided instead of standing together against injustice. Yes, the weak will also be self-centered and divided instead of standing together against injustice. Why? Because people are in, in, in survival mode. They're looking to preserve themselves and preserve for, them, for their family. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of mine before I can think about others. But, you know, a glimmer of hope where you see, you know, in the news sometimes they report that the selfless acts people will do to help others. I mean, not everyone is corrupt. Not everyone is self-centered. But we see people who are willing to sacrifice to help others in the midst of this uh, virus that's been going on. And that's a glimmer of hope. That's light in this darkness. So my concern really with this, these scriptures, especially when it talks about men and impo- evil men, imposters will grow worse and worse and deceiving and being deceived. They are deceiving people and they themselves are being deceived. My concern for believers is that we can easily be seduced and deceived by these types of people and not be aware of it. And what am I saying here? There are two, I see two types of people. They're the ones who are very blatant. And what blatant means, they, they do it openly and unashamed. They're, if they're racist, they're openly racist. They're openly uh, vocal in their beliefs. Don't care about, and you know, you hear based on what they say, they're very, it's very a very selfish belief. They don't care. They just, you can, you can tell, it's just about what I want and what's best for me. Not thinking about what's best for everyone. And then you have the other side where you have those who are hide their true motives and and feelings and desires. They're the ones that, you know, both you have to be care, you have to be very careful of. But the ones who hide their motives, those are the ones you really got to be, really seek the mind of God for to discern what, what, what's, what's the intent of their heart. But it's amazing that even the ones that are blatant, you have those who would follow and believe. 
and do what and just follow what they say and do. These are people that, you know, you got to pray for them. You really have to pray for them and make sure that we in our own uh, beliefs that we don't hate these people, but, but we pray for them. We pray for them because we understand that they are lost and they are blind. So the people on the other end of that spectrum, the ones who truly hide their motives, uh, they may appear as angels of light, have an influence and a platform, influence power and a platform, who say good things, they do good things, but their ways are not the ways of God, nor do they believe in him. They deny that Jesus is the Christ. Now let me just, let me just make this very clear. I have nothing against people doing good. I have nothing against people trying to help each other. But what I do have a problem with is people who deny the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Then there are those who have a zeal for God, not a, but not according to knowledge. They talk about God. They do things in God's name, but they also deny Christ. And this on both ends, those who do good and deny Christ, those who do good for God and deny Christ, this is the spirit of Antichrist. It is the spirit of Antichrist. And this is in the, it's in the first John chapter two. I'm not going to read it. I'm just telling you, you can write down the scripture, first John chapter two, verses 22 and 23. That's the spirit of, that's a, a spirit of Antichrist. Okay. So it's okay. You know, people doing good, but the bottom line for us as believers, we have to understand who Jesus is to us. We cannot allow, you know, even though people are doing good, understand where their heart is. Because there are people out there will tell you, you don't need Christ. You don't need God to, to do good and to be good. That is true. You don't need God to do good. You don't need Christ to do good. But if you do not want to come under the scope or the umbrella of being deceived, because the bottom line is not only what we do in this life, it's where we are going to end up in eternity. And what Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way God created, God has established on this earth, whereby people can be saved, people can be reconciled to God. So just understand that people who are doing good in this earth, it's not your works that's going to save you. It's who Christ means to you. So we have to be very careful not to be caught up in all the drama of what people are doing, just realize that who you are in Christ. There's nothing wrong with us doing good. There's nothing wrong with us trying to help others. There's nothing wrong with us, you know, trying to be a support to those doing good. But understand who we are, who our God is, who our, self, our Savior is, our Savior is Christ. And anyone that denies Jesus has the spirit of Antichrist. Okay? So the, in First Peter, Chapter 5, the Bible says in the scriptures to be sober, be vigilant. And that word vig vigilant means to be on guard, to be aware. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And when he does roar, 
when they do roar, it's to scatter the prey because they cause panic. They cause panic. The lion or the predator will sometimes make noise to scatter the prey. And when the prey scatters, they find the ones that are vulnerable, the ones that are weak, and then they pursue that. Those are the ones they pursue. But also understand that sometimes the lion doesn't roar, but he stalks his prey. He looks for an opportunity to attack. The lion seeks whom it may devour. So we're in a situation, we're in a time in history where people are fearful, people are afraid, people are out. some people are panicking and the, the situation is chaotic. How things are happening now, which is causing people to panic, to be afraid, to be scared. And what the enemy will do, he will take advantage of your vulnerability. Okay, and let me qualify that. The spirit behind liars, imposters, deceivers, seducers, and so on, is that of their father, the wicked one. As I mentioned in the parable with the tares. In the, in, on the earth, which is the field, there are sons of the wicked one and sons of the kingdom. So you have the spirit behind the deceivers, the imposters, the seducers as the spirit of the wicked one. The wicked one is their father, the devil, whose sole purpose is to discredit God by any means necessary. So a lot of things that happen that are happening, God will get blamed for. Even God has set his word, said what he will do and what he will not do. As I always said, God will never usurp the choice of a human being. He said, I lay before you life and I lay before you death. Blessing and cursing. He said, choose life. If you choose to walk your own way, you are subject to be preyed upon. Because we do not understand, and this is when you do not believe the things of God. We are spirit beings in a physical body, living in a physical world. But behind the scenes is a spirit realm. And we do not understand. We see schisms between races, ethnicities, schisms, fighting, quarreling. These are people moving in their own lusts and desires. And behind the scenes, you have spirit beings who are pushing people's buttons. Why? Because they see the way they live. They see the things that we want. They see the things we crave. They see the things that we desire. So they set us up. And we now make the choice to go after these things because it's in line with what we want. That's a seducing spirit. And the seducing spirit behind the scenes is under the control of the evil one. So we are fighting against each other. And I'll talk about this next week. We are fighting against each other. We are quarreling. I, I feel sorry for people who are caught up in racial things. Black for blacks, whites for whites, Asian for Asians. We take care of our own. But the Jesus I know died for all. He died for black. He died for white. He died for Asian. He, there is no, there's no difference. 
he died for all because God is the father of our spirit. He does not care about our, out, our outward appearance because this is going to be done away. We have diversity because that's the beauty of the, of the creation of God. He gave us diversity so we can enjoy different things. Not all flowers are the same. Not all trees are the same. Not all fruits are the same. We don't all eat the same things. There's diversity to give us what? That's the pleasure of diversity. We can experience this different things. Our senses can experience different things. But when you are fighting against each other because of race or whatever it is, do not get caught up in that, in that foolishness. God died for the, for, <laughs> Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Do you understand what the whole world means? So we as children of God, believers in Jesus Christ, understand that we do not look at people through the lens of the human being. We look at things, other humans through the lens of God. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Do not get caught up in racism, please. I'm just warning you about that. Okay? Because the whole purpose of the enemy, as I said, is to discredit God by any means. And anything he can distract you and get you focused on, you have already been snared. He will steal, he will kill, and he will destroy. This spirit casts a wide net. It would use a few to cast their net, their lying words, which is the net. And those words will will be received by others. And those also would take that net and cast that same net. And that those nets cast will eventually draw many in who receive it because of their ignorance and their desires or own lust. That's what the enemy does. He baits you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He looks at what you desire. He looks at your ego. And he looks at your, at your pride, the things you want to accomplish. And he will debate you. And you are, see, the, the, there's a saying that said, the devil made me do it. The devil doesn't make anybody do, do anything. He will set you up. And then you take the bait. You see, when somebody goes fishing, if you just throw a line, the fish is not going to bite. You have to bait the line. And then the fish makes the decision to take a bite. That's what the enemy does. He will use others to set you up, to bait you, and then you have to take the, the bait. That's why people argue. One person says something, you take the bait, or, and then you reply. That's where, that's where schisms and argument. The choice is ours whether we're going to take the bait or not take the bait. That's, that's how we function. All right, so in James chapter 3, it, verse 6, it talks about the tongue. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It defiles the whole body. It says what you say can pollute your body. What you say can, can pollute your mind. It, well, your mind is already polluted because what's coming out of your mouth is already in your mind and in your heart. But what you say, what people say to you can pollute you if you receive what they say. We have to receive what is said to us for number one, for it to have an effect on us and for us to act it out. You have to receive it. 
People can call you no good. They can call you this. They can call you that. But for it to have power over you, you have to receive it. That's why children grow up. Some children grow up the way they grow up. That's why some of us on this line, we still are stung by things that were said to us 30, 40, 50, 60, 20 years ago. Because of what we, things that people said to us, we received it and we still hold on to it. And are still wounded by what we have heard because we received it. But that's the beauty of Christ. We can release those things and not to be held captive by the words. That's why the words have power because it has affected our lives in a way and in places in our lives where we are stumped, where we cannot move forward, where we have been so wounded, we cannot function and live freely in Christ. So I'm saying here, the tongue, deceivers, deceivers, imposters, this is seducers. They use words to entice. They use words to seduce. They use words to take you off guard. And we have to be very careful to weigh those words, evaluate, and make sure that we are not taking the bait and perpetuating that thing. But the tongue can also be used for great things. The tongue can be used to speak the word, to speak truth. And we receive that truth. And that truth is what nourishes us, our minds, our souls, and, and, and nourishes our spirits. And we're able to live fruitful and free lives in Christ. So, as I said, it's, it's way, you weigh it. The tongue can be used for good, it can be used for evil. But we have to choose. That's why it says, be careful of what you hear. Be careful of what you hear. Be careful of what you see. All right? So we must be vigilant. Keep careful watch. Possible for possible danger or difficulties. And I said, not only for yourself, but also for your brother, your brother or sister in Christ. But also to be in our right minds, to be sober, to think clearly, to think unbiasedly. And that's not easy for human beings to do, to be unbiased. But you really have to be honest and weigh what you have heard and even question the things you yourself believe. It's okay. So do you want to make sure that you're not caught up in schemes of the wicked one to do his will? Because that's what the wicked does. They are caught up in the schemes of the enemy to do his will. The enemy would use anyone to say and do his will. In an environment of stress, fear and uncertainty he is extremely effective because it is easier to deceive seduce and exploit others because of fear because of people's fear and insecurity it is easier to exploit and manipulate people and to deceive people the enemy doesn't care about as i said race he doesn't care about socioeconomic background that's why the word of god says that they that those who walk in the flesh the ways of the, and the ways of the world, they are enemies to God. Why are they enemies to God? Because they're walking in their own way and they don't have the knowledge of God and they don't have the knowledge of his ways. So we have to be really weighed. Even our best friend, even your husband or your wife or your kids can at times be an enemy to God because they might say and do things that's going to what? That can affect you. 
And the people that can hurt you the most are the people that are closest to you. So what they say, sometimes you have to weigh what they say. You have to weigh what people say. But they could be saying it out of anger. They could be saying it out of ignorance. But those words, if you receive it, cannot hurt you and can deceive you. We cannot allow ourselves to be, be deceived or to, to be or to be seduced because of fear. We must rest in Christ. And what that word rest is, that word is to abide. That word is to be at peace. That word is to know who you are, to know God's character. And that peace comes from knowing God's ways. We must be in a state of tranquility in the chaos. Because in chaos, if you're caught up in it, you cannot think straight. You cannot think clearly. Take a breath. Take a step back to be at peace so that you can hear from God, so that you can make a sound decision. I don't care if the person is saying what you like to hear. Weigh their words and their actions and try to be objective. I know it's not easy, but you can do it. Ask the Lord to give you discernment. Ask him to give you understanding. Ask him to show you the intents of that person's heart. He will do it if you ask. Because Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he said he will do it. And asking for a spirit of discernment, asking to be able to to discern the intents of people's heart. You're not asking for selfish reasons. You're asking because you want to keep walking in the light. You don't want to be deceived. And the Lord will show you. He will do it. Trust him to show you. Trust him to do what he said he would do. He will do it. He will, trust me, he will do it. If it's a dream, a vision, if it's, you know, he will find a way to get that information to you. So as I said, and let me just close here. These are perilous times and will become more stressful. I am not saying that because I, I feel like saying it. I'm saying it because that's what the word of God says. It's going to get more stressful. It's going to not get any easier. But we must be vigilant and strengthen our faith. The only way we're going to overcome this is by strengthening our faith. And what simply what that faith, what does that mean? That faith means getting to know God's character, getting to know who he is. And how do we do that? We get to know who Christ is. And how do we get to know Jesus? We got to read the word of God. Simple. We got to read it. We got to study it. And we got the Holy Spirit will show us who the Father is through Christ. He will show us. He will show us. He will show us. We'll get to know the Father's ways and his character so that we will not be deceived. And when we know him, when we know Christ, we will know what God will do and what he won't do. So when we know these things, we will not be moved because we understand of the character of our, of our father. So we have to be vigilant. We have to strengthen our faith so that we will not buckle, buckle under the pressure. Because my brothers and sisters, it is going to get more stressful. But the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the lamb is trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the word of our testimony is that we quote, we say, and we believe what the word of God says, what the spirit of God is saying in the time that we're living in. We trust God 
we rely not on our own understanding. We acknowledge him and know that he will direct our path. 